Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. We all have questions. Questions like, why is it called a building if it's already built? Why is there no egg in eggplant? And do penguins have knees? But some questions are more important than others. This past Easter, we gave a survey to find your most asked questions. Questions like, how do I deal with stress? How can I deal with difficult people? What does the Bible have to say about spiritual gifts and spiritual warfare? Every week, we're going to answer your most asked questions and discover God's best plan. Because you asked for it. Let's talk to somebody about uh, kicking off our series, how to deal with stress today, the first lesson. And someone said, well, at least there's one thing we don't have to stress about, the weather today. So I think there's a lot of things we'll find out, but what a great start. So thanks for coming out today. I was just thinking, uh, we declared this week, I told the staff, I've been praying this way, today is stress-free Sunday. Amen. <laughs> but those are people that are clapping are the ones that don't have little kids to get ready to go to church and all, you know, all that. <clears throat> I just leave the house before the rest of the family's up and come by myself and Hey, we're good. So anyway, so we're looking at kicking off the series today. Um, we're actually answering the questions that you asked uh, on the Easter survey. You know, Jesus ministered that way. He uh, answered questions. A lot of his sermons were questions that were being answered by the, by the situation he was in, people he was around, and he'd pull his disciples to the side and explain something to them, or they'd ask him a specific question. And so it's kind of what we're looking at doing. We want to stay relevant to where you're at in life. And so we took the top four vote getters, and the number one vote getter, probably surprised to no one, was how to deal with stress. So we're going to tackle that one today. Next week, we're going to look at how to deal with difficult people. And I thought about flipping the two. If we just do next week today, we wouldn't have to do the stress one, maybe. I don't know. But so we're going to look at some principles in the scripture um, in just a moment. But I want to let you guys know, you saw the announcement about Serve Day. I want to just kind of tell you a little bit more about that. You'll hear it the upcoming weeks, but you got to insert when you came in uh, with a, a blue at the top and give a brief description of some of the opportunities. We were, had scheduled a serve day weeks ago before we ever knew of a Hurricane uh, Harvey coming through. And so we were going to get out, mobilize the, the body of Tree of Life and get out and be a blessing, be a Tree of Life in the community, surrounding areas in some different ways. And then the hurricane came through, so we decided to add a few opportunities there. So we're going to be working with some local churches, which I think once we can get churches up, they're the havens of hope and help. Amen. And so they're really working hard. And so we're working in Victoria. Or we're going to be going to Victoria and working there. In two weeks, the landscape might change a little bit in relation to everything going on with Irma, et cetera. So we're going to be really flexible, and then we're actually sending a group to Houston. It's a little bit of an extended stay. You can see that as well. And so, again, we're just going to have you uh, show an area of interest, mark that, turn it in the offering when it comes by, or you can hand it into an usher, the Welcome Center, and then we'll get with you. We'll contact you and get you in the loop and all the info. Also, last week, we talked in, in our last installment of our series, I Heart Tree because, and it was, we serve. And so kind of tag teaming along with that, areas of ministry, areas of opportunity here at the church to serve. And so how important it is for you and I use our gifts, talents, and abilities for the kingdom. That's why he gave them. And so you can take that other one from the seat back in front of you, the green one, and fill that out with areas, mark areas that you're interested in. You'll have somebody on staff call you and see, uh, and let you know, and you can ask questions and let you know what it's all about so you can make a decision. All right, are you ready for the word this morning? 
Amen. Turn to John 16 for me. John 16. Uh, the series, again, as you know, have came out of the questions that you're asking, and then the month of October, we're switching gears to a new series. We'll let you know more about that. Super excited about it. But this is a great topic, and, and I think it's something that you're not going to be surprised with the material that you hear, honestly. Um, it's just going to be something to be reminded of. But let me challenge you from the beginning, when you hear the information, make sure you mark it down to do. Put it on your to-do list, because honestly, the Bible's full of great principles and great truths, but if we don't act on them, if we don't implement them, they don't release the power in our life that they can and need to. And so, especially in this particular area, uh, you can come and want to get better, come and be less stressed out, but you can have a a more stress-free life when you actually apply the Scripture and the principles of God to it. And let's just be honest with you, it's not getting any less stressful in the world that we live in. I mean, just look at the days we live in, turn the news on. I mean, it's, it's one thing, it's gonna be more stressful. Um, <clears throat> the, the world that we live in is gonna be more stressful, um, but you can live um, a different way, amen? Uh, you can live in the midst of a storm and still find peace. You can live uh, on, in the midst of chaos and still find order when you apply the word of God to your life. And so that's what we're looking for. Um, Jesus never promises we'll have a storm-free life. He promises the opposite that we will, to be honest with you. But he also promises that you can get to the other side. Amen? And so we're thankful for that. In fact, um, looking at the scripture, in looking in light of today, when you just turn on the news and you see hurricanes, it's amazing to me the way the world is getting uh, more and more chaotic. Um, can I just say this, uh, as for uh, your pastor, that the hurricanes are not an act of God. They're not. And, and I hate when people say that, and, and I, that's so wrong. That is not how our God works and operates. Um, the Bible does say, however, the earth groans and cries out for the return of Jesus. And we're looking at that becoming more and more the case until he does return. Um, but we're living kind of in the end times, the last days. To be honest, I'm going to teach on that at the end of the year. But we're living in the last days. You can look at the uh, scripture very clearly. Prophecies being completed, things like that, and even weather things. Uh, you know, the Hurricane Harvey um, was the greatest rainmaker in history. Hurricane Irma was the greatest, most powerful, biggest storm in the Atlantic in history. Just a couple days ago, south of Mexico City, the greatest earthquake in over 100 years. Uh, you have Hurricane Katia hit Mexico at the same time that Hurricane Irma hit uh, you know, Cuba at the same time that Hurricane Ho- Jose hit the islands. And so it's like, then if you wanna turn off, you're tired of the weather channel, turn over to the news and see all the things that are going on with nuclear tests from North Korea, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's a lot of things that will stress our life out, so it's important to hold on to the principles and truths of God's word. And so you need to apply them to your life. Um, We can have peace in the midst of our storms, but understand this, 44% 44 of Americans say they have more stress today than they did five years ago. The stress level's growing every year, it seems like. They say one out of five are in extreme stress. They have physical symptoms, is what it means. They have physical symptoms because of it. In fact, they say 60% of all illness has its roots in our stress level. How important is it for us to find the peace and rest that God promises, and we find it in his word and applying the principles. Uh, the good news is God's word has a lot to say about all this, so let's start by, let me just give you a list of some things we get stressed from. There's uh, some things that you probably can add to this. I just wrote some things down, and here they are. One thing would be relationships. Relationships are a cause of stress, and we're gonna deal with that next week a little bit. We're talking about dealing with difficult people. Uh, conflict, conflict in our relationships typically. Uh, stress, a causer can be that I'm married. <laughs> I'm sitting next to my stress, but don't point or elbow or even raise your hand, all right? 
don't do that. Uh, or how about this one, I'm stressed because I'm not married. You have that one. <clears throat> deadlines, uh, school deadlines, work deadlines, uh, deadlines that you place on yourself to accomplish things. Legal problems. We live in such a litigious society, a lot of things are happening all the time. Divorce and separation. And, and let me just make a comment about this one. Uh, let's not forget the stress on our kids and our children. So it's important for us to understand this principle, not just for our well-being, but how about peace in our home? And so we can live that way. Um, stress, new jobs cause stress. Old jobs cause stress. Uh, illness causes stress, and we already saw 60% of stress have its roots, roots uh, illness rather has its roots in stress. Parenting, no explanation needed there. That can cause stress. Um, expectations of others, uh, everybody wants something from you. How about this one, unresolved sin, carrying shame and guilt. Um, can I tell you, you can deal with that one today in Jesus' name, amen. Um, you can leave it here. And then the last one I put that's really stressed me out the last three years, maybe my greatest source of stress the last three years, and that is my beloved Texas Longhorns. Can I tell you, I just, <laughs> we're about 50-50 this year, so I don't know where I'm at exactly, but uh, pray for next week. Anyway, so um, I switched it. I originally had thought of something else, but I'm thankful that uh, Dak Prescott alleviated my stress when he replaced Tony Romo. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Go Cowboys. All right, obviously alleviated your stress as well. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're going to delete that, however, out of the recording. Okay. John 16, 33. Let's go here. Look at this, what, what this says. I told you these things so that you, so that in me, in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. Peace is found in Christ. Understand that without him, you are not going to find it. He's the only one that can bring peace, and he brings peace that passes understanding. That's not based on circumstances. But in the midst of your storm and challenges, you can find peace in him, only in him, okay? Uh, and in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's why you can find peace in Jesus, because he's overcome the world. He's overcome everything, so you can find it in him. And so let's understand that our, our peace and rest is found only in Jesus, God's solution is not to take trouble from your life, it's that in the midst of your trouble, you can still have peace in Jesus, amen? And so that's what we're looking at. So we can't guarantee that our circumstances will change, but we can guarantee that there can be peace in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of the things we just listed. Take a look at Psalms 34, 19, here's what it says. Many, say many. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the people who love God. Many are the afflictions of those who pray every day, who give every time, who serve, who go to church every day. And we say, what's going on? I'm praying, I'm going to church, I'm bringing bottles of water, I'm serving in the nursery, I come every time the doors are open. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of those who love God or the righteous. But the Lord, here's the good news, the Lord delivers them from how many of them? All he can deliver you from then all. Only he can do that. In other words, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you will find your peace. So it says here, let's, let's take a look at this scripture real quick, if you would put that back up. Many are the afflictions. That word affliction in the Hebrew, which is the original language of the Old Testament, that word affliction is the Assyrian, for, it means the Assyrian, or comes from the Assyrian form of torture. And that would be a very appropriate description, would it, of affliction, a, a torture, the Assyrian form of to torture. The word literally means to tie you to a post and pile rock after rock on you until it eventually crushes you. 
dead. And some of you think, you just described my life right there. I can't take one more thing. I feel like the weight, come on, the weight of the world is on my shoulders. I can't carry one more thing. I'm being crushed to death by what I'm trying to carry right now. And it literally comes from that word affliction, which means to be have, having weight put upon you till it you can no longer handle it. That's the word. And that's exactly how some of us feel today. You feel like the weight of the world is on you, or if one more thing is put on me, then I'm just not going to make it. And I just want you to know that Jesus is the answer. And please know that Jessamine and I love you. We pray for you. Pray for us. And so we want God's best for you. So let's take a look at a passage in Psalms. Psalm 62 is a beautiful passage of Scripture. We're going to look at this for a minute. It's going to really encourage us, I believe, and then it's going to give us some causes of stress that we can deal with looking into the scripture. And so Psalm 62, starting with verse 5, listen to verses 5 through 8. And really, it's in your live notes. I'm going to encourage you to go get, up, get the app, get on the live notes, and, and you'll want to keep track of these. But here's what it says, starting in verse 5. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Can we just stop for a second and just say, can I just encourage you? Your hope is in God, not in your circumstances. Your hope is in God, not in people. Your hope is in God, not in your spouse, not in your finances. And I just say this morning that our hope is in God. Just soak that in for a second. Find some rest and some peace from that. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He alone is my fortress and because of him, I will not be shaken. Amen. Goes on to say this, verse seven. My salvation and my honor depend on God, not in my own works or anything I could do. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. All times trust in him. All times trust in him. You people, it goes on to say, you people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge. In the many translations, it ends that by saying, Selah which means take that in for a moment. Think on these things. Can we just do that for a moment? I just want you to think on those things that we just read. That no matter what you're going through in life, he is your refuge. He's your fortress. You can pour out your heart to him. In him you can find peace and in him you can find rest. And in fact, the Psalms are, are songs and literally these things would be sung. And at this point, I believe when you see Selah at the end, at this point, what we would really being understanding is we'd be singing those three verses we just read and then the music would continue to play and everybody would just be silent and just sit there and just thank God for his presence and being the refuge in our life. Finding rest, it comes from him. Goes on to say this, let's take a look at verse nine. We're looking at two things that cause uh, stress in our life. Surely, now listen to this, surely the lowborn are but a breath. Understand when it says lowborn here, it's talking about the status of people. It's talking about average people. It's just regular people are but a breath. Regular people are but a breath. Our life is brief. The highborn is talking about people that are successful or people that have accomplished somebody or people that, people that think or they think themselves that they're somebody and they've got it going on. He says, but that's a lie. If weighed on the balance or on balance, on a balance, they are nothing. They're the same. They're nothing. They're only a breath. This doesn't matter if you feel like you're average or doesn't matter if you feel like you're successful. Basically, we're saying in, in the scope of life, that matters not. Your life is very short. And then it goes on to say this in verse 10. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods, though your riches increase. Listen to this. Do not set your heart on them. On what? Your riches. Don't set your heart on riches. What we see in verse 9 is one of the main causes of stress in our life is time. And in verse 10, we see one of the main causes of stress is money. 
The other one I would say would be relationships, and we're going to deal with some of that next week. But time and money. So it's under, understand it's good for us to know the causes of some of this so we can work on those, we can address those, and we can redirect things to God. And so it's important. So most of our stress comes from the use of time. Somehow, some way, we need to get a grasp on how we spend our time. And just today, I was between services, when I went into the restroom, I saw a gentleman, I said, hey man, how you doing? He said, busy. And that's exactly, how are you? Busy. <laughs> we got to get a handle on our time, and as your pastor, I love you, and can I tell you right now, without even knowing you, you're doing too much. It's impossible, what you're doing is impossible. You're doing too much already. You can't do everything you're doing, it's impossible. We need to come to a place where we say, I'm gonna really find out, listen, I'm gonna really find out what my life is all about and focus on what my life is supposed to be about. I can't do everything and neither can you. This passage was similar. I love the book of Daniel. When I think about the end of the year and the things that we're seeing in times thing, I'm gonna look at the book of Daniel. But in the book of Daniel, there's a story where the king of Babylon is having a big party with a thousand nobles and leaders and all of a sudden in the midst of the party, the, uh, a hand appears. It says in the form of a human hand and it writes on the wall, the handwriting on the wall, right? We get that phrase, you can see the handwriting on the wall. It was God sent this uh, uh, handwriting on the wall and in the story, it's so fitting for today. And, Nobody could interpret what it meant. None of his chief priests or none of his magicians or sorcerers or wise men could interpret it. So someone spoke up and says, hey, there's, there's a guy that can, Daniel. And so Daniel 5, 25 through 28, here's what it says. This is the inscription that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. Here's what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, verse 28, Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Perds, uh, Persians. What it says right here is, in other words, it's saying, number one for all of us, our days are numbered. Our days on the earth are numbered. We'll see that again. But our life is brief. It's a vapor. It's a mist. Our lives are out of balance. We have too many things going on, and we have things out of order that we need to get a handle of. And if we don't, it will cost us something. Can I tell you that this was a prophetic word for that king back in that day, but I believe it's a prophetic word for you and I today? That we need to understand that really, our time is really short here on this earth, it really is, so we need to make the most of it and do what we're created to do. I want you to know that there is a proper balance and order to life that brings a greater peace and rest, and when things are out of order, then we do have stress. And then if we don't deal with time and money in the proper way, then we, it will cost us something. And so we need to regularly look at our schedules. We're talking about time, so I wanna encourage you today, in a moment like this, the Sabbath, you come into church and we find time with the Lord, we find time in worship, we find time in the Word, and we're greeted by people, we're encouraged, and we go home. And can I tell you that Sunday is a great day, every, can I just say it this way? Every Sunday you should go home after experiencing time and the Lord speaking to you and, and you're feeling His presence, and then you should look at your schedule. Because you know when we look at our schedule? When we're overwhelmed. When we're breaking down and we're frustrated and we can't do, we just can't do one more thing, get the schedule out, we gotta cut something. Can I tell you, you should do it in a moment that you come from a time of rest, and then you'd probably make better decisions. I'm gonna share something with you, I don't know if I've shared it, I shared it first service this way before. I just wanna be real with you, we have to walk it out, the power of getting things in order. It was about four years ago, and this past summer, we just came out of that really, we just, I was burned out, I was tired, I was stressed out, overwhelmed. Church was doing good, it was growing, lots of people, lots of needs, lots of demands, 
going 100 miles an hour in 100 different directions, and I just had got caught up in all that, and really I came to the point that I just couldn't do it anymore. I was in the bedroom one day, and I sat down on the edge of the bed and just broke down and just cried, just sobbed. And my wife came over and said, what's wrong? And I said, I just, I can't do this anymore. I'm just overwhelmed, I'm burnt out, I'm at the end. And then she sat down on the bed next to me and cried. And I'm like, what? And then we're just there crying and sobbing and, and it was just this moment that we, we just were overwhelmed. We had allowed life, we had allowed things to overwhelm us and we are burned. Can I tell you, it wasn't just, I'm not just saying we are burned out with church, we are burned out with each other. Our marriage was on burnout. We allowed things to get in the way. Uh, my family, I was burned out on my family time. I, I didn't really have much of a relationship or activity with my kids. We just allowed other things to get in the way. Can, can I tell you, we were just overwhelmed and burned out and we came to a, just a breaking point and we just cried out to God, we just, we can't keep doing this, something has to change. The next day I got a phone call from one, I would call one of my, my mentors and he called me and said, hey Don, and he says, man, how you doing? And, and, and I'm like, as I always did, I'm, hey, I'm doing good, man, how are you? And he's like, no, no, how are you? And I said, I'm good, what's going on? And he's like, no. Don, how are you? The Lord impressed upon my heart that I needed to give you a call, and I'm not going to get off the phone until you tell me. And so I said, yes, sir. And so I just laid it out there, and, and he gave me some great advice. It was totally God. And so that summer, my wife and I, it was the first summer four years ago, we went to Mexico for about four weeks. We took an extended time. We'd never been gone more than two weeks. I felt I couldn't be out of the pulpit more than two weeks, that kind of thing. And we just kind of had a chance to catch our breath a little bit. And so we decided we have got to change some things. We have got to look at it. We did all this before we came back because we knew once we came back, if we didn't have some things that we'd be right back in the middle of it. And so we set some things. We talked to staff and elders and trustees, leadership here, and, and they, they were, none of this, they were all, yeah, let's do this. We want to do this and give us the opportunity. And, and so I, I had to make adjustments. I, I don't make every hospital visit. I don't do every wedding. I don't do every funeral. I, don't, I can't do every counseling. We, we don't do that. We have plenty of great godly anointed people to do all that. We just had to set some boundaries there for the sake of time in our lives and we set some boundaries in our family. In fact, we pulled our kids out of, this was just us and our conviction, we pulled our kids out of, of private school and we homeschooled them so we could have more family time. And that's just what we did, but I want you to see what we had to do. We had to get some things in order. And my hope is by sharing that story just to be real to you, it's, it's embarrassing to tell that, but to be real to you so you don't wait till you get to that point. Don't wait till you get to that point. And we did that and we operate that way now and we're still making adjustments and, and, and watching time, our time, and so we, we make ourselves have time off in a sense, if you will, and making sure that my wife and I have time together and time with the kids and other things like that. In fact, this was just, a, 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 it's, it's funny, but it's not, but we're here and all of a sudden we were looking some time to go to the coast. My, my folks have a, a condo down at the coast. We'd love to go there because it's beautiful down there in Port A, but it's free. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> thanks mom. And so uh, <laughs> we go there and stuff, and so we had, uh, we had scheduled, and then Harvey decided to show up. He wasn't invited to the coast. I was in. So it's like, man, we don't get to go and go to the coast. And so, uh, okay, so that, that and then uh, a, several, a couple months ago, actually, uh, this fall uh, in November, I, I turned 50. I know I look 30, but I, but I turned 50. I just age well. Thank you. Thank you. A milestone, big one, half a century. It's weird. And then, uh, and my wife turns 40, so milestones for us, 40 and 50 within a month's time. So we had planned for us, we saved our money, we loved to cruise, we planned to cruise for the two of us to take, but we planned in, in early November, so we planned to fly to Miami. <laughs> and we were going to the islands <laughs> that Irma decided to visit, and then Jose decided he'd visit as well. And so it's like, we're just like, really, Lord? 
And then so right now I'm planning on for us to find some time just to take a trip to Nebraska. I don't know where to go. It's just like, where do you go? I don't know. Anyways. If you're from Nebraska, forgive me, but I'm sure there's great stuff, corn mazes and stuff there. I don't know. I don't know. So, but just trying to be real with you, don't wait till you get to that point. Get things in order. And let, me just, and let me just say how important that is for us. So you don't get to that breaking point that you then make that decision. Do it now. And I dare say many of us are probably at that breaking point. I just want to encourage you that stress comes from not managing our time well. Psalm 62 gives us a second cause for a lot of stress in our life, and it's money. And we all know if there's anything that's going to be a source of stress, it's going to be in the area of money. We need to look at it regularly as well and see how we're spending it and how we're managing it. And when decisions are made about money that are bad, then it's really bad. And when Jessamine and I were first married, we didn't make the best decisions, but we learned, we learned some hard lessons. And we're making better choices now. Made some course adjustments. Take a look at 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. It says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Find ways to be content with what you have. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. I heard somebody say this time, say about this, that you never see a Hertz pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> You cannot take it with you, okay? But if, some of you will get that at lunch. But if we have food and clothing, if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Find what we have. Be focused on what you have, not what you don't have. Um, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Stress, stress, stress. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of stress. Some people eager for money have even left the faith. They've even wandered away from God and have pierced themselves with many, many griefs. Number one cause of fights in a family's money. Number one cause for divorce in a family's money. So we need to put things in order. And so two of the top causes of stress, time and money. And so let's take a look at how we find rest then. Let's take a, a look at a place in scripture that tells us find some principles to apply to our life that how we can find some rest Jeremiah 6, 16, here's what it says. Love this passage, especially because how it starts out. This is what the Lord says. Can we just all say that together on the count of three? One, two, three. This is what the Lord says. This isn't what Don says. It's not what man says. This is what the Lord says. So take, if you hear anything today, take note of what God says. And he says this, stand at the crossroads and look. In other words, there's an intersection of life that you find yourself at. And can I tell you, we've created that today. Because there's a path that you've been on and now I'm challenging you with another path. Created an intersection for you to take a stand and look at something. You can keep going the way that you've been going or now you can look at this different way. And it says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest for your souls. Now listen. What it's saying is, watch for, look for the ancient past. Ask for the ancient path. You know what he's saying? Do it God's way. Go back to the Bible. Because what you're doing is not working. It's just creating more stress. So if we can get our money in line with the scripture, our time in line with the Bible, our lives in line with the Bible, do you realize God has the answer for everything in life? He doesn't ask you to do things that cause stress to your life. We need to get back to God's way. Back to the ancient path because it says, then when you walk in it, walk in it, you will find rest for your souls. But if you don't walk in it, you will not. If you just leave this morning having a couple laughs and great time of worship and learn a few things and don't apply it to your life, you haven't helped yourself at all. And you still will be searching for rest. 
it'll be elusive to you because you have not applied or walked in what the Bible says. So go back to God's principles because God's way works. If you'll do it God's way, if you'll take the ancient path, you'll find rest for your souls. Here's where we start. Number one, live with a sense of purpose and urgency. Live with a sense of purpose and urgency. One of the best ways for you to know what to do is to discover what your life is all about. You need to know what your life is all about. When I know what my life is all about, it makes it easy for me to say yes to things and no to things. You're not here for everything. You cannot say yes to everything. You cannot say no to everything. But when you know your purpose and why you're on the planet, then there's things that you know that you can say yes to that will help fulfill your purpose and things that you say no that won't. And I think that a lot of times we just don't know why we're here and therefore we're just trying to do a whole bunch of stuff and it creates stress in our life. But you need to discover your purpose. We are all people of purpose. And so then we make time and money decisions based on does this contribute to my purpose or not? And honestly, we need to do the same with our kids. As we only have so much time, we only have so much time on the planet to do not what we want to do, but what God has called us to do. We are here to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life. I wanna live my life as intentionally as I can towards that purpose. I need to know what that purpose is. You can make decisions about your time and money when you know what your purpose is, know why you're here. In fact, we saw the announcement for the growth track next week. This growth track is a spiritual gifted test and it helps show how you're wired. You take that test, it'll help reveal how you're wired. Once you know how you're wired, why God wired you that way, then you'll know what you're purposes or what you are to do, what you're to be about. And so don't do things that you're not created to do. And, and I, think, I think the greatest way to burn out is to keep doing things you were never meant to do. The greatest way to stress is to do things you were never created to do. I think if some of us will come up to the realization and find out, discover how he created us and for what purpose, then we can make the appropriate decisions. And then the following week in Growth Track is, is the serving opportunities, getting you plugged in, how you can use, get you on a team, how you can use the way that you're wired. I know exactly how to live my life when I know my purpose. And let me say this, I, you know, I, I say no to a lot of things on Saturday. I have a lot of opportunities. I would love to go to some ball games. I'd love to do some stuff. But can I tell you, my purpose is not Saturday, and Saturday will affect my purpose, which is Sunday. And so I say no to a lot of things on Saturday so I can protect my purpose, which is Sunday. And so some of you might think, well, that's kind of a tough deal. That's a big sacrifice. And can I tell you, no, it's a joy to do what I've been created to do. It's not a loss for me. It's a joy to do what God's created me to do. There's no stress there. It's fun, it's exciting. And so, but in order to do that, I say no to a lot of things because I know if there's things that I say yes to on Saturday, it will affect me on Sunday. But once you know or discover why you're created, you know what to say yes to, you know what to say no to. When you do what you're created to do, people, let me say it this way in talking about serving, using your gifts. When you do what you were created to do and people's lives are changed, People's lives are changed, impacted. Can I tell you, when you see and experience that because of what you're doing, you're doing what you're created to do and people's lives are changed, that's why you've been gifted and equipped in certain ways so you can use it for other people's blessing and benefit so that their lives will be impacted. Can I tell you, when you do that and you see their lives change, you see kids' lives change, you see marriages restored, you see people get saved, you see joy come back, can I tell you, your stress level goes down. Your stress level. I'm just trying to help their stress level. <laughs> Can I tell you, if you will do that, you'll see your stress level go. And that's how God set it up. When you do what you're created to do and it impacts and touch people's lives, which is why you were gifted, you'll see others, you'll see your 
stress level go down. Now, then you're living your life as God intended. Psalms 39, four through five says this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me my days are numbered. How fleeting is my life? You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Our life is short. Matthew 13, 44 says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. I think, I believe what it's talking about here, one of the greatest treasures that we can discover is our purpose. And when we discover our purpose, it's our joy to live for it. We'll do everything we can to live for it. Everything we can to live for eternity. Everything we can to fulfill our purpose. Number two, put first things first. You have to put first things first. There are a lot of opportunities every day, a lot of things to do out there. But I'm gonna put God first. I'm gonna put Jessamy first. I'm gonna put Callie and Camry first. I'm gonna put you first. Put the first things first. Psalms 90, 12, Living Bible says this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Listen to this last phrase. Help us to spend them as we should. Our days at James, the book of James says, our life is a vapor, a mist. The Lord, help us recognize and realize that and then live our lives the way we should. How do we spend them? How do we spend our life then? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, he tells us this. Seek first, here's how you spend your life, your limited time on the planet. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things. He'll take care of you, it says. Seek first kingdom things. Seek first righteous things and he takes care of everything else. Time and money, I'm gonna put God first in my time and I'm gonna put God first in my money. See, I want you to know that for Jessamy and I, we're working hard, you just kinda of heard a little bit of our story of putting God first in our time, but can I tell you, we're work, we work hard to put God first in our money. This isn't a message on tithing, bring the first fruits and all that kind of stuff, but this is just the transparency I wanna share with you as well. We work extremely hard to put God first in our money. And can I tell you, when you give God first place in your money, financially, he's obligated to take care of you. He watches over his word to perform it. Can I tell you, a lot of stress comes from money because we're not managing it the way the Lord, the owner of everything would want us to. I'm just gonna be honest with you, if you'll put God first place in your money, the stress that comes from your money will diminish when you follow God's plan because his plan works, his way works. And money is the sort of some of our greatest stress, but if we'll get it in line with God's word, we'll see God alleviate, take some of that off us. Some of the best decisions you'll ever make is to put God first in your finances. When you do it, it settles everything else. He takes care of everything else. And number three, I gotta give you this one. I'm gonna keep my heart set on heaven. Really want you to grab this one today. We need to remember, even on its best day, earth is not heaven. See, I think part of our stress is because we think that everything has to work out here. And can I tell you, not everything's gonna work out here. And you can still have peace when things don't work out, but can I tell you, even on its best day, earth pales in comparison to the heaven that awaits us. If we will keep our focus on eternity, keep our heart on heaven. Think about, I think about the times that I, that I have the, the honor to do someone's home going. And so can I tell you, when someone's home going and you're standing there and the family's grieving and loving that that person that went home to be with the Lord, they have no more stress. And can I tell you, the one thing that'll help alleviate some of that in a grieving family, family member is knowing that their loved one's in heaven and there's a promise of a reunion. 
because one day we'll be there and eternity is a whole lot longer than this short temporary life on the earth. So if we will keep our focus on heaven, everything may not work out the way that you want or think here, but you can make it through it all. But understand one day our hope is in heaven and heaven lasts forever. In heaven there'll be no more stress, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sadness. If we live our life with a, with a proper perspective, then we will live with less stress. Don't have your hope in the wrong place. Don't have your hope in the wrong place here on earth. Have your hope in heaven. Paul said it this way, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Paul said this, he's telling, he's telling the church in Corinth, therefore we do not lose heart. I know your stress. I, I have opportunities, but I'm not losing, I'm not gonna be stressed. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Jesus said the same thing to his followers. He's telling his followers all the things that were gonna happen. They kind of got depressed about it. They got worried, they got fearful, got stressed out about it. Here's how he encouraged them. Here's what he said, John 14, one. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Hey, don't stress out about it. You believe in God, believe also in me. Goes on to say this, my father's house has many rooms. Another translation says, in my father's house are many mansions. If that were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. You know what Jesus did when people were stressed out? He pointed them to heaven. He didn't call them together and lay hands on them. Come on, I'm gonna lay hands and just, and, and, and Father God, take that stress away. Come on, take that. You know what he did? Every time he pointed them to heaven. Where's our, where's our perspective? Or, Where's our priority? Where's our heart focused at? Where's your hope? Our hope needs to be in heaven because this life is but temporary. It is a vapor and a mist, but we can have God move and work here and we can have peace and rest here. Don't get me wrong, but listen, our hope lays in heaven because even on its best day, earth is not heaven. You can set your time and money in order, but there still will be stresses in life here. There'll be times of stress here, but you can have ultimate joy when you have your eyes fixed on the hope of heaven. Last thought I want to leave with you. I want you to understand Jesus offers more than a better now. He offers a better place. More than just a better moment, more than just feel better, he offers a better eternity. He offers a better place. I believe if we look at these principles and we will, as we saw in the scripture already, know that they come from the Lord, look at the intersection. We can keep going, doing what we're doing or we can choose the ancient path or God's way. And his promises will find rest. But it says that when we walk in it, we'll find rest for our soul. I just wanna encourage you with these principles this morning. My hope is that you take them to heart and then you operate them, implement them, live them out, and you will find the peace that he's promised. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.